You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. This is Basketball Gold with Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Second year in the NBA for Cavaliers forward Evan Mobley, Mike. And I I think he's in a very interesting situation with the Cavaliers. And we, we all can see the ability that he has. He has future greatness written all over him. I I don't think there's any question about that. And he's a terrific young player now. But you have a team that clearly is based in the backcourt with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. What does that do, if anything, for the development of a young guy like Evan Mobley? Do you you have to try to get him the ball? Does he have to play off those other guys? His, His numbers, Mike, almost across the board, identical to what they were in his rookie year. That doesn't mean he's not improving. It just means his numbers are kind of the same. What what does that do to have that guard combo there for his development? Might it not be a game-to-game thing, Jeff? And what I mean by that is on a night when Jared Allen is not there, you need Evan Mobley to step up and get you that many more rebounds, perhaps that many more points, and he needs to get that many more touches as compared to when Allen is there and Allen's going to get touches and then Mobley's going to get touches and whoever the small forward is that's starting at that time is going to, and Love's coming off the bench, he's going to get touches. So that's one thing. But when Mobley is by himself and here's a night where you don't have a Love, you don't have an Allen, he basically is your scoring big man from the interior. Yeah. So you've got to run stuff for him. You've got to look for him and that's, up to those two guards that are in the backcourt controlling the ball. And he needs to understand that we'll get it to you if you give us some more. You give us more than you've been giving us when you have Jared out there next year, when you have Kevin coming in off the bench. You give it to us and we'll get you the ball. The guards have to be cognizant of the fact that they're going to touch the ball more than anybody else. Okay, And they make decisions on when to give it up or when to control the basketball. You've got to reward this young man for all the hard work he's doing on the glass, for the defense he's playing, for protecting the rim, and then we would expect to see his offensive game grow. Mike, is that the toughest thing that the J.B. Biggerstaff might be facing this year, maybe that the players are facing as well? I mean, you, you've got a terrific guard in Donovan Mitchell. You have a terrific guard in Darius Garland. And it, it's so easy, I would think, to point to that duo and think, okay, this is these are our leaders. But you got to bring this other guy along because, you know, I, I've heard more than a few people say it. This team will become an absolute monster when Evan Mobley becomes, if not your number one option, your number one guy, your, you know, one, 
1A and just a fraction behind or maybe a trio with those three guys. How, how difficult is that? And is it difficult on him? I'm trying to think back, Jeff. You got me thinking now. What team can we think of from the past that had two guards that could be as dominant as we uh, have here with the Cavaliers now and also had a big man that excelled with them? Or had two big men that excelled on those kinds of teams. Let's let's we'll start with Detroit because we've used them in the past with yeah. Isaiah and Joe Dumars. Think about their front line guys. When it was the two guards and Kelly Trapuca, they got rid of Kelly Trapuca. Then it was the two guards, and they brought in uh, Mark Aguire from Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Mark Aguirre was a guy that Mark could get 30 touches a game if he was on a team where he dominated the whole thing. And he did in Dallas. Mike had a huge scoring average. And think about it. The reason that they got rid of Trapuca and brought in Aguirre eventually was because Aguirre stopped the clock. He got fouled with his backing down, using that big butt when they would semi post him up. (laughs) turn and face up on the guy, he would get fouled. And by stopping the clock, it allowed Detroit to set their defense up. Mm. I'm trying to remember the backcourt in Portland when it was Clyde Drexler. Was it, was that, I'm trying to remember the who the starting guard was with Drexler in Portland those years. You can remember that Duckworth up front was one of them, Kersey was the small forward the small forward yeah you know the group that went to the championship um i can visualize the other starting guard but my point is those guards dominated the ball a lot for portland those years they made it to the nba finals but i don't remember any of those big men being you know dominant big men that got 18 to 20 shots a night so the mobley question is interesting uh if these two guards stay with this team for the next five or six years, and if Mobley stays with them for the next five or six years, will they throw in the ball more than they're doing right now? Will he command that kind of respect from them? Mike, his numbers I mentioned are, are pretty much like they were in his rookie year. Where have you seen improvement with him, despite the numbers being basically the same? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. One, he has worked consistently on his perimeter game, knowing that if he can step out with a little more range and make shots there on a regular basis, that is going to open up so many things for a guy like Donovan, like Darius. And when they get in there and when they're covered up by those big guys protecting the front of the rim, they will turn and kick it back out. But if they're going to kick it back out, it sure would be nice if the guy they're kicking it out to, besides the small forward, if one of those big men can make some shots with range on it. So he's worked very, very hard in the offseason, back in training camp, to improve at his perimeter game. 
And then I see him ducking in a little bit better from the weak side away from the basketball, getting in there harder, keeping that guy on his back. And the same with Allen also. They've gotten better at ducking in in that low post area and pinning the guy on the back. And in transition, running to the front of the rim, getting the defender on their back or top side, which allows Garland or Mitchell to throw it over the top one of those easy catch and dunk or catch with two hands and finish type things in transition. Uh, so I, I think his awareness of if he does things a little bit harder, runs a little bit faster, takes advantage of small things, he can add buckets to his game that way just on small things, seal back moves when defenders are fronting him in the low post area, not giving the entry pass from the wing. Jared flashes high. They go from wing to Jared on top. And I see Mobley seal back, and the pass comes from the top right into him in front of the rim. So he's getting better with his footwork. He's getting, and obviously the strength part of it is so important here because he's having to deal with those physical guys that are trying to beat him up every night. They see this young, slender, athletic, talented young guy. And sometimes they say to themselves, my only chance with him is to be physical, beat him up. Hope he loses his cool. Maybe he'll throw an elbow at me. He'll throw him out of the game. And I'll have to deal with him for the rest of the night. When the Cavs played Milwaukee, Mike, um, Giannis and Kumpo chatted with Chris Vitor, our buddy from Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. And Giannis said this about Evan Mobley. Let me read this to you. He said, he can be better than me, which I thought was a big line. He said, I don't see why he can't. It's up to him. I will always try to improve every day, but he has the skill set to be very, very good. He's seven feet tall. He can move really well. He can shoot. He's very smart. As you said, uh, he watches, he was talking to Chris there. He watches tape of other players, which is very, very good for a young player. If he takes this seriously, he's going to be great. Now, one of the great things everybody loves to do with NBA is compare a young player to a, a player, you know, who's been years gone by or in the league right now. Giannis isn't the guy who comes to mind for me. I don't know. I've, I've heard people say Kevin Garnett. I've heard people say Tim Duncan. Does anybody pop to mind for you with Evan Mobley? And can he do what Giannis said and, and become that kind of player? Because remember when Giannis came in, he was really raw and took him several years to really become the player that he is. Evan has come in and been better right away than Giannis was when he was a young guy. Well, the reason for, part of the reason for that is because uh, Evan has tried to stay within the framework of what he knows he can do and get away with in the NBA. Uh, he doesn't have the handle that Giannis has. Well, it was very complimentary of Giannis to say that, that he could be as good as or better than Giannis. Yeah, those uh, big however, words. They're different kinds of players. They play differently, meaning their styles. Giannis can go coast to coast with the ball and pull back dribble and dish off at the last second. That's not in Mobley's game right now. And I don't know if that'll ever be part of what we see Mobley doing because Giannis was a hybrid. He was a young guy who was a perimeter guy that had the skills of a guard. You know, people would dare him to shoot, you know, in his first couple of years in the league, uh, but they couldn't keep him away from the basket because of his ability to drive and take those long strides and handle the basketball. And that's where he has such a huge advantage on Mobley. Mobley plays more like a traditional frontline guy that is going to catch the ball either with his back to the basket, posting up, 
or is going to be off the block a foot or two in that mid post area or at the elbow where they can turn and face the basket and make one dribble to make a move from there. Uh, so I'm not sure that that's a fair comparison to, to Giannis in my mind. And I'm trying to think of a guy along the way that reminds me uh, of of Mobley. He's big. Yeah, he's springy. Yeah, Mike. Throw out. I'm more than more than welcome your thoughts. I, I've heard people. I've heard people say Garnett, and I, I don't know that I buy that because I think Kevin was more physically imposing guy than, than Evan Mobley. Maybe you know Evan fills out as you mentioned. You know, a, a lighter guy right now. Maybe he fills out. Um, I think he's got more athleticism than Tim Duncan probably had, but Tim was so good at everything he did. I, I don't. There's nobody who really jumps to mind who I think, yeah, that's who that's who Evan Mobley is. I, I think he he's the type of guy who, if he continues to develop his outside game, Mike, Mike kind of, you know, it'll be boy, maybe he can be the next Evan Mobley, you know, for the next young big guy coming up because I I like his inside moves right now and his ability around the basket. I think he's really explosive in there. And the outside stuff that you mentioned, is that critical, you think, for him long-term? Or is it more critical for him, or is it more critical for the Cavaliers that he had that to his game? I don't I don't ever remember Jeff Duncan turning himself into a perimeter guy. Okay, did, did Tim Duncan ever 15 to 17 ever? feet, something like that? You, you, you didn't see that a whole lot. Remember, mm -hmm. he used the backboard from the left side right. when he stepped out there, you know, 16 feet, 17 feet. But this wasn't a guy that was running to get to the three-point line. Now, the game has changed a little bit since Tim Duncan was playing. Teams are shooting way more threes, even though San Antonio shot, shot a lot of threes, you know, towards the last few years of his career. But it still didn't change how Tim Duncan played. He was a monster on the glass. Okay, offense and defense. He had terrific moves down the low post area. He could pass out of double teams. He ran their offense. It was so integral in setting screens and then rolling and making the next decision from there. Uh, so there were things that Mobley could take from Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan had the whole package. And if you said, you know, what would you say he didn't do well. He didn't shoot threes well, but he wasn't he wasn't trying to. Yeah, and they didn't, didn't want it. him to. Yeah. 